Hey dreamers, this is your host Barry Miracle. Welcome to Wake Up Into Your Dream. It's time to wake up out of the nightmares of normality and wake up into God's divinely designed dream for your life. Jump on this podcast today and let's discover God's awesomeness waiting for you. Well, welcome back, everybody, to Wake Up Into Your Dream. This is Barry Maracle, and once again, I have my amazing friend, Dean Briggs, that's going to join us. Uh, we had an awesome time last week sharing about the new covenant and the difference in, in covenants and dismantling karmic Christianity. If you have not listened to that episode, I challenge you to go back and listen to that, and that will give you a good foundation of where we're going today, because we're going to launch from there. But I, I'm going to ask Dean in a minute or so to give give a little bit more definition of covenants and the Abrahamic covenant and the 1613 laws that have to be kept underneath the old covenant, which you don't have to do anymore, by the way. Uh, but because it was done in Jesus, in Jesus has been the answer to everything. But I'm so thankful that you're here, that you're along this journey with us as we go deeper into unveiling and revealing our individual dreams of God that he has for our life. And this whole teaching on covenant, this whole unveiling of the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living is gonna help you fulfill your purpose because you came here on purpose, with a purpose, to fulfill a purpose. And this, these teachings on covenant will give you clarity and abilities to fulfill your covenant. So without further ado, I just want to introduce once again, uh, my friend, Dean Briggs. And so Dean, thank you so much for coming back on here with us today. I know it was so helpful, uh, everything you shared last week about covenant and dismantling karmic Christianity. So anyway, why don't we just start right there? What is karmic Christianity? Yeah, Barry, again, thanks for letting me be with you. I always enjoy our conversations. Um, um, uh, yeah, I think karmic Christianity, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, Karmic Christianity is just the idea that uh, what goes around comes around and it's a law-based legal framework for how we would relate to God or to others that actually uh, is more in keeping with uh, the old covenant than the new covenant. Right. And, and, you know, even just to clarify something you said there with the 613 laws, yeah. I, I, I wouldn't say you don't have to fulfill them anymore. I would say you could never fulfill them. Right. right. And so in Christ, you achieve something that isn't to be uh, somehow delivered from the burden. It's to, it's to finally find the means of satisfaction. There, there's this idea when we talk about uh, the old versus the new, that somehow the the burden of righteousness is no longer present in the world no the right. burden of righteousness is just borne by Christ alone and so the uh, the way i talk about it is um uh the 10 commandments right right thou shalt not steal thou shalt not 
commit adultery. And all of those under Moses are a pointing finger that demands your performance. Right. Well, in the new covenant, if we try to do those and live according to the commandment, we're subject to the penalty of breaking them. But in Christ, we move into a different realm that actually produces the outcome of the commandment. In other words, it's not that we are not going to be, it's not that the law, that we are delivered from the law, it's that we finally can produce it. Here's how it is in the new covenant. You're not going to murder. Thou shalt not commit adultery. Thou shalt not steal. In Christ, the command becomes a promise. In Christ, we receive the Holy Spirit who writes the law of God on our heart from the inside out. And so we aren't striving to achieve it externally. He is producing it internally. The very things that we could not achieve on our own are now our nature. It's not... Well, wow. I was a, I'm just oh. a sinner saved by grace and wow. I'm just ruined and I can't do wow. anything right. We, we sing the hymn, uh, uh, prone to wander Lord. I, I feel it prone to leave the God. I love take my heart now shape and seal it, uh, seal it for thy courts above. I'm not prone to wander anymore. No, I'm actually reborn of the spirit of God, the Holy spirit. How do I achieve holiness? He's achieving it in me because he's writing this law on my heart. Yeah. Hang on a sec. Let me just go back. You said something very profound. He said, it's no longer a command. It's become my nature. It's no longer a command. It's a promise. It's It's our nature. It's that's the way the new creation works. Right. And, and so, so why did Paul, the apostle say this then? Let me just say that he says, he says, ah, the things I want to do, I, I don't do, but the things I, no, the things I want to do, I don't do, but the things I don't want to do, I find myself continually doing, oh, this wretched flesh, who will deliver me? And I'm like, Paul, the apostle, you're the one that got knocked off your ass and onto your butt. And, and you're crying, you're the one who met Jesus. But I want to tell, I want to just share with our listeners right now, Dean, there are times when you're overwhelmed by circumstantial evidence in this temporary realm, and you forget who you are. You forget whose you are. You forget that you have you have become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. And then Paul, Paul finally says in Romans chapter 8, verse 2, I think it is, he says, ah, but by the spirit do I put to death the deeds of the body. So when we're walking through this life and trying to live this new covenant and trying to come out of the old covenant, let, let's just, just, you know, unveil that, unpack that a little bit for our listeners today, how that, uh, you know, what it, is it? Uh, to, to live the transformed life because my, my spirit has been reformed. The reformation of my spirit. That means I've been brought up to the original intent of what Adam and Eve was. And then I was upgraded to being the firstborn. I mean, being the brethren of the firstborn. And, and now uh, I'm living this new creation. And so how, how do we do that in, Obviously, it has to do with transforming the mind by the washing yep. of the water of the word. But how do we live that life that that we're talking about and how it has become our nature not to want to do those things? So good. Yeah. I, well, let's 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 back up a little bit and get some okay. terms right, because okay. otherwise we use 
we use the same words and we think we're, we're having a conversation, not you and I, but at large, yeah, we use a term like covenant. We use a term like righteousness. We yeah. use a term like justification or sanctification. But yeah. if we don't really understand what those are, we're having two different conversations with the same words. Oh, so good. So, it's, we read clarity. old covenant, new covenant. We think, okay, the new covenant is the improved old covenant. No, it's a new covenant. Brand new. It really is a Brand new covenant. Produced and so new creations. Absolutely. Not, not, you are not in Christ, a new and improved you. No. You are in Christ, you put to death, resurrected as him. That's what a new creation is. Yeah. It's a new race of humanity, a baptized into his death, raised in his life. It's a, it's a, it's a royal priesthood, a chosen race that is yeah. a new form of humanity, humanity restored better than Adam. Woo! Restoration, restitution in scripture is always better the recovery of the old made better than it ever was the up god doesn't take something old and broken and make it equal to what it was he restores it beyond what it ever was ladies we are not trying to go back to the garden no, sorry go no, ahead no, no no ladies and gentlemen you need to know that you have become as born again believers and if you're not a born again believer you can have that right now we you can just ask god to to give you this new life you can say i believe in jesus and and it's time that we step into all of this goodness that god has for us i uh, hopefully you're catching this this morning go ahead dean well you just even under the law the the laws of restitution you steal a man's sheep yeah. you don't get him you don't buy him a sheep you buy him seven sheep Right. Because restitution was always more. Recovery was always more. Yeah. Well, Romans 5 makes the argument that Jesus as the second Adam is giving exceedingly more than the first oh. Adam. So whatever we lost in the first Adam, we yeah. are recovering exceedingly more through the life, death, resurrection of the second Adam. You are not just a better you. You are made and remade in his image. It's stunning. Well, so if we look at, at, uh, at covenant and righteousness, yeah. you can't actually talk. You can't use the word righteousness independent of covenant, biblically at least. Yeah. The very idea of righteousness in its simplest form is to be in right standing yes. according to the terms of a covenant. So good. So Say that again. Say that again. To be in right standing according to the terms of a covenant. So when a covenant was made, if you and I cut covenant together, Barry, in, that, in those days, if it was a suzerain vassal kind of covenant or whatever, and I was the weaker party and you were the greater party, you would establish certain terms. If you do this, I will do this. If you yeah. don't do this, I will do this. Mm -hmm. And I, as the weaker party, would come alongside and say, okay, I have certain advantages if I am in alliance with Barry, if we are uh, 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 either brothers together in relationship together, or just uh, he's my liege lord and I'm his vassal. He's the suzerain, I'm the vassal. I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm too weak to resist my enemies. I need crops. I need support. I need whatever. Barry has it. And Barry says, okay, you have to be loyal to me. You have to X, Y, Z. If you do this, 
I will support you. If you don't do this, I'm coming to punish you. Mm -hmm. So now my righteousness in Barry's eyes is determined by whether or not I'm fulfilling those terms. Right. So if I come, if I satisfy the terms of the covenant, I'm righteous before Barry. I'm in right standing according right. to the covenant. Right. According to well, that. so the, the, the covenants in scripture define the terms. Mm-hmm. And actually we have to go all the way back to the garden. Right. There's, there's covenants of performance and there's covenants of grace. That's mm-hmm. the two basic theological structures. Historically, there were land grant treaties and suzerain vassal. That's a different kind of, that's a historical model that gives us some insight. But theologically, there's covenants of performance or covenants of grace. Guess what the covenant was in the garden? It was a covenant of performance. Right. In the garden, God said to uh, Adam and Eve, you can have all these good things. I have one requirement. Don't eat from that tree. Now, Barry, think about this. Perfect. It was the most perfect of those type of performance guy you had yeah you had one job you have one job you have one job eve this this is the one thing and we couldn't even keep that one no (laughs) it's it's evidence that the performance-based covenant will always fail break down it is as simple as elegant and as perfect of a covenant as there is in a performance covenant system there were only two people there was only one rule there was no sin and it was a perfect environment and they were perfect themselves made in God's image and his likeness. That's right. No sin, have it more paradise, yeah. one paradise. rule, only two people can't do it. Can't <laughs> you know, do it. Yeah. Well, okay. But to be righteous meant we can't eat from that tree. Yeah. So their unrighteousness was located in the fact that they broke that, the term of that covenant. Mm-hmm. Well, now you move forward to a covenant of grace and a covenant of grace doesn't have performance in it. The covenant with Abraham was made without any requirement. And it says Abraham believed the covenant and it was reckoned to him as righteousness. So in a covenant of grace, what is required is that you believe and the belief is the work. John 6, six, the people came to Jesus and they said, what is it that we should do Hmm. to do the works of God? Wow. And Jesus answered, here's the work God really wants. Believe in me, the one he sent. So Jesus is reconnecting us to the, 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 uh, the essential ingredient of a, a grace-based covenant, it's faith. And the great, the great struggle that we have that Hebrews, uh, the whole book of Hebrews, the sin that easily besets us, Barry, is not, we, we read all through Hebrews, the challenge of unbelief, the problem of unbelief. Yeah. Hebrews 3 and 4, the problem of unbelief, the superiority of Christ to Moses, to angels, to the Aaronic priesthood, the Levitical priesthood, the blood of bulls and goats, Jesus is superior to all of it. The Mm. great temptation is to not believe. And then we get to Hebrews uh, uh, 12, and it talks about laying aside the sin that so easily besets us. And Mm. everyone starts to do a a moral uh, inventory. Well, what is my sin? 
Am I struggling with lust? Am I struggling with jealousy? Right. Am I struggling with all this stuff? It spent 10 chapters telling us the sin that so easily besets us. It's unbelief. Because yeah. in the new covenant, the great struggle is to stay in faith. Right. It's to not fall back to that works-based mentality that says, I must achieve something for God to be satisfied. And and go ahead. Yeah, no, I... I I get going and you just no, no, jump this in. is dynamic. This is dynamic. I want you to I just want you to get in that flow, get that pocket, and just rifle those uh footballs down the pike. Um, so even in the new in, in the garden uh, of Eden, when they fell, it wasn't people think it was disobedience that caused the fall. Disobedience was the fruit of unbelief. They believed another voice. They did not believe the law of God. They did not believe what God said. So their unbelief is, is the thing that caused the fruit of disobedience, right? Absolutely. In, in order, their disobedience or rebellion is maybe third on the list of a very subtle, nuanced progression where the enemy doesn't first coax them to outright disobedience he coaxes them right. to question the word of the Lord. And out of that, a root of pride springs up that says, okay, maybe there is something to this, and maybe we know better than God. And yeah. out of the pride came rebellion and disobedience. Yeah. But disobedience is not the original sin. I don't know that pride is even the original sin. It starts with uh, uh, believing a lie about right. God. Yeah. Let's just stop for just a quick second here. Um, Father God, I'm asking for all of the listeners right now, Father God, that they would hear the word of the Lord and you would give them, I'm, I'm asking right now, Father God, gives the listeners right now a grace to believe, a faith, a faith. In, in the, when, when Jesus would show up, Father God, and said, your unbelief, your disbelief, your little faith, uh, has, how long am I going to struggle with you with your with your oligopistus, your little short bursts of faith? Father God, I'm praying today that we would no longer have short bursts of faith, that we would have longevity of faith, and that we would be believers in Jesus' mighty name. I just want to decree and declare over you listeners today, you are Holy Ghost believers. These signs will follow them that believe. And I've just released this grace over your lives right now in Jesus' mighty name. It's Amen. really interesting, Dean, how that Jesus would show up and he said, how long am I going to just, just contend with you guys? When are you going to get over your short burst of faith? You've seen me raise the dead. You've seen all these things, but yet you will not believe. You have these, and when it says the oligopistus, that's the, it's a short burst of faith. It has nothing to do with mass or quantity. It's time. And I, wow. just, I just, the listeners that are, that are listening today, you, you gotta stand and all things stand. You need to know that you're a believer. You're not a critic and you're not a doubter. You are a believer in what Jesus has done in bringing you back into perfect rela relationship with the father. So good, Barry. You know, I think just another passage to add in support of that. When Jesus went up the, the Mount of Transfiguration in Matthew 17, yeah. Uh, Peter, James, and John see him in his revealed eternal glory. Oh. They come down the mountain. Yeah. And, and there's a father with his son 
who's yeah. demonized. Throwing himself and he into asked the, into fire. Right. He, and he had asked the other disciples to cast out the demon, and they couldn't. And Jesus says something interesting. He says, how long will I be with you, O faithless and perverse generation? Then he cast the demon out. And then he says, this kind comes out not except by prayer and fasting. Mm -hmm. And what we have done is we have looked at that, again, I think, with a little bit of the shading of old covenant thinking, which is oh, about it. what do we have to do to get authority? Right. And so it's, well, if I fast enough, I'll have authority over the demon. Well, I do believe I, I practice fasting. I believe there's a place for I mean, fasting. You've written books on it. I've written, but but for me, that is one of the signature passages. I, I, I'm not even going to say that some demons don't require uh, fasting. I think that's a legitimate application at face value. But I think Jesus is actually saying something more important because we never see Jesus. We don't see him encounter a demon and be like, wow. I need I to go away and fast yeah. before I can no, deal with this. Ever, ever. What Jesus is saying, the two passages are actually connected. The word perverse there, we live in a hypersexualized culture. If someone's yeah. called a pervert, they what we automatically think that Jesus is saying is somehow their their thinking is all lustful and perverse. Right. No, perverse <laughs> in that the, the Greek word there means bent. Right. It means you just aren't straight yeah. to what you need to be. Yeah. And so Jesus is saying, your thinking is crooked. Your yeah. mindset is bent in the wrong direction. Yeah. And fasting, in my experience, what fasting does is it, it brings humility. It thins the veil that re-energizes my faith. Yeah. I don't think Jesus was saying, I don't think Jesus was saying there are certain demons that are so big you have to fast to get authority. I think he was saying this kind of unbelief, mm -hmm. what you all are facing right now with this demon, your thinking is crooked and perverse, and fasting is going to help reconnect you to faith that is going to produce right thinking. And when you fast, this kind of unbelief is going to come out because he had just rebuked their unbelief. Yeah. The fasting is an answer to the unbelief, not to the demon. Well, because we have been given all power and all authority, and you have received, as a born-again believer, you've received all of Holy Spirit, and you become one with the Spirit of the living God. First, First Corinthians 6, 19, I believe, says it, it, that if you, be, you have become one with the Spirit of God, you become one. So you, you have everything you need. You are downloaded with every, every possible. You are a nuclear bomb answer in this world to ant problems. And so, you know, but it, it is manifesting that. And so it's Ohm's law, right? It's the conductor yep. and it's the resistance. You got to lower the resistance of the flesh. You got to lower the resistance of, of your, your thought process. You got to lower those resistance and humble yourself so that a greater flow of the anointing that is on the inside of you begins to come on the outside of you. And this is when you begin to really take place and take position and take territory in your life. So good. Do we have time for uh, to look yeah. at one passage or two, Barry? We, we, you, I think, hang on a second. I'm just going to check our time. You, we got time. Go. Well, you, you brought up the 613 laws. Um, uh, I think because we've talked so much about 
covenant and and righteousness. Yeah. But the Jews understood their covenant with God in the act of circumcision. Yeah. The, the Jews understood that they were sons of Abraham because they were circumcised, yeah. because God gave circumcision as a sign yeah. of Abraham's faith that was meant to mark him. And yeah. so it wasn't the enactment of the covenant. It wasn't the work of the covenant. It was the proof that Abraham had already believed. Yeah, and and, it, was a, and, and, it was a cutting. It was a cutting off of the flesh that was representing God, and it was it was a representation of the seed of the covenant going into the next the next uh, uh, generation. generation. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So it was a cutting away of the flesh that was a picture in the old covenant of the circumcising of the heart, the flesh of the heart that God would achieve in the new covenant. Right. So. Uh, Galatians, though, Galatians 6, Paul says, far be, far be it from me to boast except in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, by which the world has been crucified to me and I to the world. And then Paul says this, for neither circumcision counts for anything nor uncircumcision, mm. but a new creation. Right. Paul says, now, this was an absolutely inflammatory statement, and Paul is relentless with the Galatians at, at falling back to a legalistic, Judaistic, yeah. Mosaic attempt yeah. to relate to God. He was yeah, like, no, you've been brought... Yeah, he, he, absolutely. Yeah. He's been, you've been brought into the new... The bewitched you. Why would you go back? Who has bewitched you? Yeah. And he's he makes a whole bunch of arguments, but one of them is he's like, hey, listen, I know how much you guys care about circumcision. You think that if your body is marked, that you're a part of Abraham's covenant. He said, nah, that's not what matters anymore. The question is, have you been made a new creation? Now, now we have to understand the mindset, though. The Jews believed, and there's reasons in Gematria, the way the, 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 the Brit Milah is the, the Hebrew term for circumcision, the act yeah. of circumcision that they did on the eighth day for Hebrew boys, the Brit Milah, the, 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 the uh, Gematria, the way that added up, the Jews believed and the rabbis taught that circumcision was equal the command to circumcise was equal to the other 612 commandments of the law in other words circumcision was the thing yeah it was it was in and of itself it was the whole enchilada for them wow. and, and and paul says you don't even know what that's pointing to you don't know how it's really achieved and you don't realize that if you aren't a new creation it doesn't matter if you're circumcised or not, because that is an old covenant picture of what Jesus is doing in the flesh of the heart in cutting off the old nature. Well, this is just this is another reason why we have to be on guard. If Paul was that relentless right. about about uh, um, clarifying, yeah. we can't flirt with old ways of thinking we can't flirt with old dependencies we can't flirt with old righteousness we no. can't flirt with old paradigms when we move into the new covenant we have to become thoroughly new covenant people because ultimately the new creation is what matters 
the the new covenant isn't an end unto itself it is a new covenant so that we can be new creations and we become new creations so that we can be fully immersed in the journey of sonship so that we can mature into the image and stature of the fullness of christ and that we can demonstrate his authority and dominion in the earth as his ecclesia You can't actually sustain that progression if you don't start with the foundation, renew your mind, and then practice what he said to practice. Every step matters. We are this, what you're listening to, ladies and gentlemen, today, this is renewing our minds. So that it's interesting you say that the, the, the covenant of the new creation, the covenant of the new covenant is not unto itself. It's just like when you would you got your your you know when you got circumcised as a as a boy at, at the age of eight, and then you would then um, okay, that's it. I, I did it. I'm done. It's like we want these rules. We want a new set of rules so that we if I just check the boxes, I'm good. And even yep. a lot of you are saying if I have my prayer in the morning and and if I have my prayer at night. And if I'm a pretty good person, I've checked all the boxes and I'm good to go. But what the kingdom of God demands is one thing, an ongoing relationship. Yep. And that's the key to this whole thing. It's not just keeping rules and regulations. It's an ongoing, intimate, experiential relationship with the God of creation. Well, we we don't realize how secondhand the law is. Mm. because we 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 actually That's the mosaic pre- law right We're right the mosaic law mosaic we, law yeah we prefer the tangibility and definition to the mystery of relationship the 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 gravity in our souls yeah once it's like i don't know how to seek the will of god and hear his voice so just give me the code and i'll do it yeah. And that's the problem because once you have the code, I don't need the Lord anymore. I'm just going to do that thing. Yeah. And and so it's it's it, it I think it could be compared to a marriage. I woo my wife, I romance her, then we stand in front of the the preacher, he says the vows. Yeah. We get married and then she's like, "Let's go on the honeymoon." And I'm like, "Well, no, actually I'd like to continue writing you love letters." Mm. No, no, I, I actually want the experience of my wife. I want to talk to her. I want to be in fellowship with her body, soul, and spirit. Yeah. That's an entirely different. Oh, now, you know what? Uh, just joking here as men, that's a mystery. That's a process. Yeah, that, yeah, takes, yeah. that takes work and communication. You got to do the dance. You got to learn how she thinks. Yeah. Rather than I can go read these books on marriage and feel like I know my wife. No, the books on marriage don't tell me who she is. I have to actually experience her. The law doesn't give me an experience with God. It gives me facts about God. The mystery and glory is to is to get to know him. And this is what has been purchased for us. This this journey uh, of of what I'll call Christianity and our relationship with God. It, it is a daily thing. And even like with our wives, it's something that we sow into on a regular basis. And if you're not sowing into, into that relationship, it, it will get stale and it will become law-based. And you know, you'll just be going through the grind. You'll just be going through the motions 
without relationship. And what, what is beautiful, I like I'm, I tell my wife probably, I don't know, 20 times a day how much I love her and how amazing she is. And just, just and I want, my one thing is that, and, and people that know my ministry and heard me speaking before, you might remember this, how that my, uh, her love language is, even when we were going through our worst time, when we, we had to declare bankruptcy and everything else, we refused to give up a couple of things. And one of them I refused to give up, Dean, was buying her lattes. That's awesome. And one day, one day I'm sitting in, um, in the parking lot of uh, Starbucks and my, my, my good friend, Fatine Grzeszczy is sitting with me. Wait, wait, Barry, Barry, Canadian to American. It's yeah. very important that you said in this in the parking lot at Starbucks instead yeah. of, yeah. Um, what's the other one in Canada? Well, Tim Hortons. <laughs> Tim Hortons. Yes. Okay. Go ahead. Sorry. Yeah, 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 yeah. So anyway, and Tammy phones me, and I and and she's on speaker, and she just says, I mean, it, and she doesn't. I don't mean to be disrespectful at all to my wife, but she says this: sex for a latte, and. It, <laughs> and I said, I said, you realize that Fatine's sitting here and this is speaker. And she goes, oh, my good gracious. But anyway, so we shared that on relationships. So how do you put credit in the love bank? Right. You got to find out what puts credit in the love bank of that particular wonderful person in your life. And so everybody would smile around the church and says, uh, you going to get lattes today, are you? And then so whatever, but it's so, it's so, but it, well, here's a challenging thing to say to that, Barry, that, that is, it's a great picture yeah. in the law of Moses, yeah. Israel was adulterous when they broke the law and turned to other gods mm -hmm. in the covenant of grace in Christ, we are adulterous when we turn to the law of Moses for our righteousness. It is, it, it's, it's the exact same. We're turning to another source, yeah. another mechanism, another way that he himself has said he has superseded. He is more excellent than, and it was unto relationship. The law is not relational. Perf relationship is not based on performance relationship is based on blood wow. my children are my children because they're my blood we are the children of god because of the blood relationship and performance don't go together although a lover will outperform a servant every day and twice on sunday Absolutely. so when we are putting the money in the bank because you will read your Bible, you will pray, all those things. You that, want those are more. natural. Those are natural outflows of a different heart. Mm -hmm. But if I'm doing those to prove something to God, I'm in the wrong conversation. Wow. Wow. Can we look at one passage before we end? Yes, absolutely. All right, yeah. let's look at Isaiah. I, what I love to do, there's just dozens and dozens of examples, but I think some of the most illuminating for people is when they read a familiar passage that they've heard preached a thousand times, they don't realize that they've assimilated it in an old covenant way. Right. And then they get a new covenant paradigm. And, and there's so many passages that are part of our discipleship construct that we don't realize have been delivered to us and are part of our thinking, are part of our framework 
that is actually reinforcing old covenant thinking rather than new covenant life. So Isaiah 54, I'm going to start with the passage. We all quote, we all say, what is it? No, uh, uh, Isaiah 54, 17, no weapon formed against you shall yes. prosper. Every tongue that rises up against you. Jesus be, name. <laughs> uh, it's, it's, it's an awesome, it's an awesome, uh, no matter what translation, every tongue that accuses you in judgment, you will condemn. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord. Their vindication is from me. We love to quote that, but we quote it as a proof text in any circumstance. Right. We quote it as in every scenario, I can quote that. And, and yet I have often had weapons formed against me that prospered. I mean, just being real, mm. I have, I have found certain weapons that have prospered against me. I have found certain things that challenge my understanding of that verse. And so I have to back up from that verse. That's the last verse in the chapter. Mm. How do we actually get to the place where that verse is as true as it is stated. And the entire passage actually is a, is a promise of the new covenant to come. Isaiah 54 is a new covenant prophecy. So if we just work in reverse, let's go back from 17 to 14. Okay. In righteousness, you will be established and you will be far from oppression. Okay. So if I want to have no weapon formed against me that will prosper, I actually, to get there, I have to be established in righteousness. Okay, how am I established in righteousness? Well, we just talked about righteousness is according to the terms of the covenant. So which covenant am I getting my righteousness from? Let's back up a little bit more to verse 10. Okay. The mountains may be removed and the hills may shake. But my loving kindness will not be removed from you, and my covenant of peace will not be shaken. So there is loving kindness in the Lord's heart that will never end, and a covenant of peace that will not be shaken. That wasn't the covenant of Moses. No. The, the loving kindness of the Lord was lifted in times of judgment, and, and the covenant of peace was not present when they were disobedient, there was a promise of a covenant of peace in Isaiah 54 that was pointing to Jesus. And so if you back all the way up, shout for joy, O barren woman, stretch out your tent pegs. Yeah. Your shame is going to be removed. Your, your, the, the glory that is upon you is going to surpass anything you have. It's actually a promise. The woman of, of the woman of grace is going to far surpass the woman of law, right? Her, her, her lineage, her legacy, her descendants will far be far greater. Her descendants will be far greater. Her shame will be ended. Her humiliation will end. Why? Because she's entering into a relationship. Verse five, your husband is your maker. Your name is the Lord. He's mm. the God of all the earth. Out of that, he's establishing a covenant to bring you into matrimonial relationship. You brought up Romans seven, that's what Romans 7 is actually describing, that God is going to put uh, uh, humanity uh, uh, wedded to the law through Moses. He's going to bring us to uh, Jesus, fully embodying the Mosaic law, will be brought to death. And in our, uh, in our marriage 
to him as the representative of the law. The law dies to us. And in his resurrection, we are remarried in a covenant of peace that lasts forever. All our shame is broken. We're established in righteousness. And now no weapon formed against you will prosper. We have to see the progression of the promise of God to deliver us from the conditional circumstantial uh, performance-based life that brings shame. It brings humiliation. And now I'm in doubt. Is God for me or against me? I don't know how to relate to him. No, all of that's over. And now Amen. you can be established in confidence. No weapon formed against you will prosper. Amen. So you, we mentioned, I think, in the first um, interview I did with you about the, um, the fact that rest and love are two of the covenant things. Like the law of Christ is to love your your love other people love the one anotherings love one another even as christ has loved you this this is the command of christ so right. in the midst of that love that law of christ this is the one commandment the only commandment in the new covenant is to love one another as christ has loved you yes but in the midst of that there's such rest and we there's something that we can rest when we are in that intimate, personal, and experiential relationship with our Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, bringing us back into oneness with the Father and the and because of the Holy Spirit. Absolutely, well said. Yeah. So, thanks again, uh, Dean. What a what an honor and privilege. Thank you for sharing with our listeners here at uh, Wake Up Into Your Dream. Uh, once again, you can go to www.deanbriggs.com backslash, backslash what? Courses, courses. plural, C-O-U-R-S-E-S, deanbriggs.com slash courses. And if you, if you want to go deeper into this, you can go to that website and you can buy, uh, you know, there's, I think, 10 hours on one teaching and, and 12 hours on the other. Uh, what are the two teachings that you really yeah, like? Yeah, 10 plus and 12 plus. There's booklets and study notes. And uh, I go into a deep dive on the, uh, the the new creation and the new covenant and their relationship. Wow. Yeah, I think I'm going to go check that out myself. I have not yet, but I want to check that out. And also, if people want to sow into your ministry, I know you do an itinerant ministry. You're also a, a leader uh, on staff with IHOP. Um, yep. And a lot of people know uh, Mike Bickle and the great work that they've done there. And so he but the, he is sent out from there and he goes around an itinerant. And so gas prices aren't cheap right now. <laughs> and so uh, for him to get to point A and point B is about twice as much as it ever been. So he, you can go to uh, PayPal. PayPal.me, M-E, PayPal.me. Yeah. slash Dean Briggs Ministries, all one word, yeah. Dean Briggs Ministries, plural. Yeah. Right. So, so into my great friend. And, and if you could just end this podcast once more with just a blessing or whatever you feel is on your heart to release yeah. it to our listeners today. Well, Barry, I just want to say thanks again. Uh, you, you know, it's always a pleasure to be with you. I love it when we uh, are able to minister together in person. Uh, uh, but, but it's amazing, uh, you know, what technology and zoom and yeah. being able to do this and, and, and to be with you and your audience on this podcast, I'm just deeply grateful. Thank you. Mm -hmm. uh, God, I just, I, I just, uh, along with Barry, we just humbly come before you and we say, 
oh, the depths and the riches of the goodness yeah. of God, the wisdom of God, the yeah. inscrutable wisdom, the mystery hidden for ages, Christ in you, the hope of glory. Wow. God, I thank you that, that we get to be partakers of the divine, uh, 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 what the apostle Peter proclaimed, partakers of the divine, uh, the tabernacle of God, that you have taken up residence within us. Oh God, that we would be so fascinated with you, so locked on, so gloriously enraptured with all that you've made available to us, everything beyond, far beyond what we could ask or think. I thank you that you are raising up voices like berries in the earth today and, and, and hundreds and thousands more who are getting baptized in uh, the clarity of the gospel, the simplicity of the gospel, the depth and riches of the gospel. Wow. It's Jesus plus nothing. God, we, we love the fact that Moses was a faithful witness in his day, but we love even more that Christ is better than Moses yes. and that he has come and delivered us into a better covenant with a better outcome. And God, I'm asking that there would be uh, such an anointing on the word of the gospel, the word of grace, and the message and declaration of the new covenant to create new creation so that we can fulfill our purpose in the earth and move beyond condemnation into radical works of justice and compassion and power and miracles. God, I thank you for the covenant of peace that stands forever, that our shame is broken and that no weapon formed against us will prosper when we are established in your righteousness, according to the terms of the new covenant, believe and you shall be saved. God, I thank you that you are doing this in the earth and that you are doing it more and more and more. Even so, Lord, come in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 And I was just in Israel, as you all know, or mostly most of you know, and a, a lot of people are making Aliyah, which is an ascending. And I pray that you will make Aliyah into the arms of your heavenly father. You will ascend today into the into the depths if if that's an oxymoron almost yeah ascending into the depths of the yeah. glory of the majesty of everything that has been purchased for you there's so much we're barely scratching the surface on what the gospel of the lord jesus christ is all about and i pray that you get that uh, beginning to understand the new covenant your new creation and how you have become a royal race in this realm. So this is Barry Miracle. And if you want to know more about our ministry, you can go to www.barrymiracle.ca and you can find out all kinds of different things and you can support us through, through uh, PayPal there if you want. And anyway, love you all. And for now, and on behalf of Dean Briggs and I, thank you for listening and may God richly bless you today. Barry Miracle signing off till next week. Bye-bye. Thanks again for joining us today on Wake Up Into Your Dream. My great friend Tony Fitzgerald would say, you have two great days in your life, the day you were born and the day you discovered why. In these podcasts, I'm hoping this is true, that you are having aha moments and great moments of getting introduced to the true you because your whole world is waiting for the authentic you to show up. If you're enjoying these podcasts, please go to www.barrymiracle.ca you can check out my book, Wake Up Into Your Dream. You can connect. You can see where we're going to be live in the future. 
and uh, you can just connect with us there. But this is Barry Miracle, your dream coach, signing off for now. We'll talk to you next week.